Hi, folks. I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. I'm Derek Lemaster. And this is Screen Bloody Movies, the podcast where you get your horror news. We review a new horror movie each week. And then we talk about John Carpenter movies because this is John Carpenter movie number three on the podcast so far. We've done 26 of these things. What's that math out to, Derek? What, one every... Uh, I don't this know. is episode 26. It's almost, We've done... it's almost one every nine. One every nine we hit a John Carpenter movie because he is the master. So, <laughs> how are you guys uh, doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah? I'm doing tired, but I got some coffee and I'm ready to do this. I've been looking forward to this one. Tonight's a good one. Tonight's one of the best. Yeah, we're. I'm oh, looking forward yeah. to this one, too. Are you going to have kids one day? <laughs> Why does everybody ask me that? Well, you said you were tired. Uh, I so, see why you asked me that now. I see now. I thought you were like, you know, oh, you like the thing now. Wait till you have kids. <laughs> they remind you of the thing. That's mean, but kind of. I don't know who I am anymore. Yes, I, I don't think I could handle how tired I am already. And, and then throw kids on top of that. So I'm going to hold off until I'm just not tired anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which might, which maybe never. <laughs> hey, yeah, nothing wrong with you that. wait for the perfect time, it will be never. But uh, no, I was just going to make a <laughs> comment about like how, especially newborns, man. Five hours of sleep, you're lucky. Yeah. But it's anyway. worth it. Oh, it totally is worth it. I got a smile today. I don't get many of those. Aww. Oh, yeah. that is nice. So, guys, we've got today, we're going to open it like we do every week with the horror news. And we've got some interesting ones this week, actually. Not a lot, but uh, some pretty cool stuff. So, first on the agenda is today it was announced that Kyle Richards has signed on to return as Lindsay Wallace in Halloween Ends. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Lindsay Wallace? Mm-hmm. Okay. Little Lindsay Wallace. Yeah. Is now big Lindsay Wallace. And she didn't <laughs> die in Halloween Kills, so she is returning to uh, having one more round with Michael Myers. What are you guys' thoughts? Well, I'm sure she loves to be called big Lindsay Wallace. <laughs> Well, no matter how I say, I could have said adult. That would probably be the best because if I said old Lindsay Wallace, yeah. that wouldn't be nice either. <laughs> Grown up, adult, yeah, there you, go. you know. I don't what know do how to feel about that. I, <laughs> it's awesome, I guess. At least they're you know keeping that uh, that continuity. That's something. Has she done anything between then and now? <laughs> I mean, she... the Real Housewives and stuff. Um, but this is what is interesting is uh sources say that after R richards uh garnered positive reception from fans the filmmakers rewrote the script to include her character crafting an expanded storyline for her so i know that after the after halloween in or after halloween kills she met with david gordon green afterwards because she was interested in, she wanted to return she had fun she her character was still alive she you know wanted to be part of the ending 
And he was like, well, I, you're not in the next script. I didn't have anything for you. So he met with her and then he's like, and she realized how much she wanted to do it and figured it out. So she's nice. officially signed on. Well, that so is exciting. Good. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Him. It's yeah. It's good for her to get that closure. It's good for us to see what happened to her character, especially four years after Michael Myers last attack, because that's when this movie is going to pick up. So it's going to be interesting to see how her life is after she lost her friend, uh, uh, Tommy Doyle in glorious fashion. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was not a good day for Tommy, was it? No. It was not. A Jose Canseco bat? <laughs> little Ninja Turtles humor for you guys. It was a little Ninja Turtles humor. <laughs> Tell me you didn't pay money for this. So guys, this is interesting. Dave Batista will star in M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Knock at the Cabin. Oh. That could be interesting. I think of the wrestlers who like broke out and have kind of went mainstream. In my personal opinion, although he, I, I think so far he's been cast, at least in like larger blockbusters, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. been cast really well for his acting skill. Yeah, but it's he not has. a deep acting skill. So it de- it yes. really depends on the direction they take with this role, if it'll be fitting for him or not. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't, in my opinion, have a great range, but he's been perfectly cast for the things he has done. Yeah, and I mean, we don't really know what his range is because we haven't really seen it, I guess. That is also true. That is also true. Um, I think he's good in most everything he does. I mean, outside of The Rock, who is, of course, on another level of moving from wrestling to acting, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, he's not a real barometer to, to do that. I, John Cena no. would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, John Cena, who's who's been cast very well too. Um, I I think I think Batista's roles and I really liked him in Blade Runner. His role in Blade Runner was really good. Uh, I liked him at, in the Bond movie Spectre. He was good in that. He's really good in the new Zack Snyder zombie movie Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's really good in that. Like, he shows range in that one. Um, I just watched both Guardians of the Galaxy movies, like, of course, this weekend. Yeah. Terrific in those. So yeah. good. So funny. Yeah, Drax is probably the my favorite character. Well, I think Rocket might be my favorite, because I think Rocket's yeah. really funny, too. They're all For so good. Sure. Yeah. But, but so... when Drax and Mantis oh, in part two, probably yeah. the funniest thing. I like when he talks about how hideous she is. <laughs> Yes, it's so funny. You know, if I had to pick a favorite Marvel character of the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, I'm pretty sure it would probably be Korg, man. I love Korg. Oh, yes, he's Korg really is good like too. my favorite. Mine too. Awesome. My favorite line of all time of all the Marvel movies is when he kicks the wall and says, Piss off, ghost. That's my all time favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> I like in uh, Endgame when he was like, oh, that guy called me a dickhead again. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. Guy called me a dickhead again. <laughs> but Piss Off Ghost was my favorite because he just, it's Loki just appearing to him and then he vanishes and he kicks him on and goes, Piss Off Ghost. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but, uh, like yeah. Uh, was perfect. <laughs> the, uh, oh, yeah, he's excellent. So, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's good news. I'm excited for that. I We've not seen him in a straight horror movie yet. I mean, we've seen him in uh, Army of the Dead, which is 
basically a big blockbuster zombie movie and terrific yeah. might i add i loved it thought it was fun very fun yeah, yeah. super fun super fun Zack snyder man restore the snyder cut in the snyder mm-hmm. universe restore it restore the the Snyderverse. i'd sign that we need, petition. we need it in our lives okay lydia oh lydia so this isn't happening per se but this is something that somebody said that they would want to do are you ready are you ready for this am i okay so guillermo our good buddy guillermo de toro i just already just like like spit my coffee everywhere does he say that name he says that he what the the one thing he would want to do is make a version of pet cemetery shut up Please shut. Please let up. him watch one of our uh, our episodes that we did on that, where we like gave them the perfect avenue to a sequel, and be like, "Yep, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, guys." Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you remember the, what I mean, I'm talking could, about? Yeah, yeah. Of, yes. of a legacy sequel taking place with, with her oh, as an adult. Oh my gosh! Could you yeah. imagine? No, that would be so perfect. We're giving you guys all of this. You must hire yeah. us to write this script, though. <laughs> yeah, we've got great yeah. ideas. But Guillermo, in an interview uh, for, I think it was for the KingCast, yeah, the podcast, the KingCast, he said, you know the novel that I would have killed to adapt? And I know there's two versions of it, and I still think maybe in a deranged universe I get to do it one day, is Pet Cemetery. I would love to live in that universe, Guillermo. Please let that universe yeah, exist. You know have what? You I, seen... I were the studio... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to yeah, say, if I were the right? studio, I would just like rename that other one and be like, oh, yeah, yes. this is the sequel that we, this is the, the reboot we, we meant to make. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would just cancel the plans that I have for this series or whatever and be like, guys, this isn't happening. Guillermo wants to make that cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. So let's Drop do everything. that. Yeah. Um, have you God. guys seen, I think, I want to say it's called The Cat with hands or the cat's hands or something like that it's a short film uh that guillermo did i don't think i've seen it It is very eerie it's on youtube i'm pretty sure you can go have to check it out it's so just spooky and it's i can just i'm picturing that and pet cemetery mixed and i would love it so much i would i would watch anything with guillermo's name on it anything that he uh, I mean, if he produced, I'll watch it. But if he directed it, I'm my ass is in the seat. I mean, yes, you got me. Yes. Um, I can't think of a bad Guillermo movie. Even the ones the I like. Hands. Cat yes. hands. Even like, you know, like lesser efforts like uh, Crimson Peak, I thought were cool. Yeah. And beautiful to look at. I liked I, I did like that one. <laughs> I enjoyed Crimson Peak. I yeah, I did good. too. It was very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, that's the point of it. It's very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So the last bit of news here is kind of a double... I was going to say double fister, but that sounds a little bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a two-hander. There you go. It's Got a double too, dose here. It's too early in the podcast for that kind of talk. <laughs> Well, I mean, we have to get it out there now. T- today's 
episode is not the most uh, humorous of movies. So I guess that's true. Um, so Lydia, did you know that there was a new trailer for the new Texas Chainsaw sequel? No. Mm. Derek, did you end up watching it? I did. And what are your thoughts on it? Get a trash can ready. <laughs> is that bad? I think the, I mean, the trailer good. is okay. You have to watch it. Oh, that doesn't sound week. good. Doesn't sound good. But you there's know, a lot this of. Was, uh... Go ahead, Jamie. No, go ahead. If it hadn't been 50 years, mm-hmm. at least the trailer would make more sense. But uh, yeah, I, I have little to no hope for that. So the trailer, Lydia, you'll have to watch it. But basically, it's just a scene. It shows uh, just quick cuts of stuff. You know what I mean? It shows Leatherface, John Wicking into his wall. Like, you know, you know, the scene in John Wick where he takes a sledgehammer and breaks open where he buried all of his stuff because he's getting back into the game. Yeah. It has him breaking into his wall and pulling out his chainsaw because here's why. I've got the synopsis for this new movie, and I'm going to read it to you, and you tell me if you think it's bueno or no bueno. All right? So, after nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. Melody, her teenage sister, and their friends Dante and Ruth head to the remote town of Harlow, Texas to start an idealistic new business venture. But their dream turns into a walking nightmare when they accidentally disrupt the home of Leatherface, the deranged serial killer whose blood-soaked legacy continues to haunt the area's residents, including Sally Hardesty, the sole survivor of of the infamous 1973 massacre, who's hell-bent on seeking revenge. Hmm. So... They definitely watched Halloween 2018, right? I mean, that's... They 100% watch that. Right? They're like, oh, let's do that with our character. Except mm-hmm. they can't get Marilyn Burns to play Sally because Marilyn Burns has passed away, so they recast her. So it's not going to have near the same impact. Oh, wow. Um, and here's the part that's really... Worries me, Lydia. I talked to Derek about this already. Here's the part that worries me. Uh... In this timeline, Leatherface has been in hiding for 40 plus years, almost 50 years, has been living a normal life as a regular citizen. Nuh-uh. And then this turns him back, and he's been trying to be a good person, and this turns him back into the life of Leatherface. That's why he John Wicks his wall. What on earth? Nuh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> What I am, I am like really confused. Well, apparently, yeah. and Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong, based on the conversation we've previously had about this, but it was so bad that they're like, "Yeah, Netflix will sell this property to you, and you can so, try to recover some." What the rumor is is here's what happened: they hired a director to make this movie. The director shot a portion of this movie, or some of it. I don't know how much he shot. The director shot some of this movie. They saw the dailies, hated the dailies so much, they fired the director, hired these two new guys, shooting, I believe, the same script, and then didn't really care for the cut. They didn't have confidence in it to release the theaters. 
Netflix came knocking. They released or they sold the rights to Netflix, and it supposedly has tested terribly. Mm-hmm. However, Fetty Alvarez, who we love, we love Fetty. Um, he's the producer of this movie, and he said, "Oh, the test scores weren't that bad. It was, it, you know, it was decently well received." Which is kind of business speak for, yeah, the test screening was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> What's he going to say? Yeah, it's shit. Don't come see my movie, right? Don't watch it. But it's for the studio, it's a win-win. You release it or you sell it to Netflix. For Netflix, it's a win-win. Netflix buys this movie for however much they bought it for. And people are going to watch it because it's going to be streaming on Netflix for no extra cost. Right. So they're going to recoup their their investment. Hmm. Now, are you excited for this movie, or do you think, are you leery? Well, now I'm just kind of excited because I want to see how bad it is. <laughs> it cannot be worse than Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation. Well. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D, or the new Leatherface movie. Those are all really bad. I liked 3D. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> I hated it. It was terrible. When she says, when she throws him the chainsaw and uh, says, do your thing, cuz. I wanted to go through the screen and punch somebody in the face. That's Not my... to mention the fact that she is supposedly the daughter from the original movies. Yeah. But she's like 23. <laughs> she yeah. would be at least 40. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely my favorite one. I just decided that's my favorite. Oh, God. It's one of the worst. I remember watching that and just as it went on, I just got angrier because I was like, ah, oh, this. And then, you know, I'm like, ah, what? Wait, what? And then I'm just like, this is stupid. Have they not watched the other movies? <laughs> <laughs> How could you fuck up a timeline so badly? It's crazy because the first one is so iconic and like yeah. it sta- it's so good. It's re- it is really good. And then just like they just did whatever they wanted afterwards. And Texas Chainsaw 2 is one of my all-time favorites. We'll get to that one day. We'll get to both of those. But Texas Chainsaw 2 is fucking hilarious. I love it. Yeah. It's, and it's I, scary too. <laughs> yeah. And I love the remake. I love uh, Mark, Marcus Nespel's remake. I think it's very yes. good. Also very scary. Yeah. The, uh, the, the prequel to that, not so much. <laughs> but hey, what are you going to do? But 3D so, is a gem. Oh, <laughs> if you dig for gems in the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> what was the only good thing about 3D, Derek? I don't know. I don't think I watched that one. Yeah, was you that did. The, which, one, which one was? Uh... That's the uh, do your thing, cuz one. Oh, what was the best like, thing about that? Yeah, what was the only good thing about it? Alexandria Daddario. That is correct. Alexandria Daddario. Is that that girl's name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she is very beautiful. Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. She's really great in True Detective. <laughs> no <comment>. So. <laughs> so, guys, now that we're out of the horror news, it's time to get on with today's movie, which is John Carpenter's 1982 should i say it can i say it masterpiece can i say that yes oh yeah for sure john carpenter's 1982 masterpiece the thing so let's uh dive into it lydia what is your history with the thing and uh is this the first time you've seen it no it's not the first time i've seen it i think i've seen it twice before 
two or three times before. Um, I can't tell you when the first time I watched it was, though. It was, it was not too long ago. Um, I think so I watched it the first time recent, as an adult. Yeah, yeah, this is a recent discovery for you. Yeah, like maybe early 20s. Oh, okay. Um, I had to watch it. I was like, I can't believe I haven't seen this. <laughs> so yeah. It's like I bought it and love it. Yeah. Derek. Spoiler. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we spoiled it at the top of the episode, but who cares? <laughs> Derek, what are your uh, experiences with the thing? Oh, man, I can't even count the number of times I've seen this movie. Uh, just the number of times that it was on PBS. <laughs> yeah, it used to be on TBS. When I was watching it last night, I literally thought, I was like, I remember watching this on TBS in the 90s. <laughs> exactly. So I, I can't even count, like I said, the number of times that I've seen this uh, this movie. And also, like, I also can't believe it's been so long since I've seen this movie. Mm. I can't wait to get into this. It, it's great. Yeah. Can't wait. So that your story is similar to mine. I've watched this since I was young. Uh, I think I first saw it on VHS back in the VHS days. And then uh, it was on TBS, like Derek said. TBS used to run the show. They used to run the shit out of this and Die Hard 2. Like, they were on all the time. So I watched the TV edit of this multiple times, which there's a weird TV edit of this movie, you guys, that has a weird narrator just narrating bits of the movie. What? What? And it's not even one of the characters. It's just the omnipresent narrator that tries to clear up plot points that are purposely left ambiguous for us to discover. He's like, yeah, windows went down the street. You know, it's just really weird shit. Ah. Yeah, what the what the look at that sometime. I have it's on my uh Shout Factory Blu-ray. They have that version of it. So what? we'll have to I've check it out someday. Seen that version. Yeah, it's really it's wild. It's wild. We'll have to check it out one day. But I uh yeah, I grew up watching this movie. Um when I became in my teens is when I really, you know, got even more into John Carpenter's filmography and this has always been towards the top. Um I would say it is the top, tied with another particular nineteen seventy-eight film for me. But um yeah, it's a it's I've I've been on this journey for a while so let's get into it guys um what do you think of this opening where we we open with just no music really and just titles on the screen right uh and then we get like uh a shot of a spaceship flying and crashing basically in earth and then we finally get the reveal of the cool logo of the thing. What do you guys think of this? Can I go first? Yeah. Okay. That was the that was one of the coolest intros. So the the only the only critique I can really make mm -hmm. about this movie is the spaceship, but I mean that's the special effects of the times in this specific instance. But whatever. Yeah. But the whenever it like kind of burns into the uh, into screen. the screen, the thing. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. I loved that. That was one of the best intros. What do you think, Lydia? Isn't that funny how something like that, like some like just one moment in a movie that has nothing it's like just the word, you know, like just one small 
few seconds of a movie can just make you feel so many things. I just yeah. think that's an incredible thing. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, usually with John Carpenter movies, I love the opening scores. You know, they always have like the, but this John Carpenter didn't score this. Ennio uh, mm -hmm. Marconi did. So it's not a John Carpenter score, but what's so powerful about this is the lack of music. It's just what they feel isolated up in that Antarctic, uh, you know, research center. It's just this, you know, silence. Yes. And then finally, just a little, don't, 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 don't. It's just so good. Yeah. The, just, the, this is one of the best opening titles that we've, we've had, you know, that we've reviewed so far in the podcast. I feel like it just sets the mood mm -hmm. like almost instantaneously. And then uh, sure. we go, we go from there to the establishing shots of the Antarctic and we see these beautiful two, three, five, one vistas of just white snow you know just this landscape of barren ice basically cold and then we see a dog running and we see a helicopter chasing and it's so deliberately paced that we see the helicopter chasing the dog and mm -hmm. he pulls out a gun and starts shooting at it um, and then the dog eventually makes it to the camp of our of our heroes. And as we were at this point, we're introduced to McCready, our lead character played by the amazing Kurt Russell. Right. Let's take a moment right here to talk about Kurt Russell as McCready. What do you guys think <laughs> of Kurt? I have a bullet point. Go ahead. And it says, effing Kurt Russell. Is <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> Man, he is the coolest dude. Just the coolest. He he is. I mean, he's almost the coolest dude no matter what movie he's in. But especially in this movie, he is the coolest dude. Um, oh, yeah. We'll eventually get to uh, Escape from New York and we'll see one of his other coolest dudes <laughs> that Kurt Russell plays. Well, I did and also I just have watched... another notation. Oh, go ahead. I, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy too, so it was like weird to yeah. go from that to this. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. and even in that, he's so cool. You see him, and you're like, especially when you see his flashback when he's younger, you're like, I can see why she fell in love. Dude, with him. that blew my <laughs> mind. That flashback. I was like, what? What were you gonna say, Derek? Uh, just the line that he delivers. So to set this up, he's playing chess mm -hmm. on a uh, on a computer. From 1982, so you can only, yeah. Yeah, so you can only imagine like how powerful these computers were. Although it did uh, extrapolate uh, the takeover time that this. Yeah, we'll get to that scene. That scene cracks me yeah. up. But, yeah. but uh, just his dialogue to this computer where he's like, because he thinks he's going to win, and the computer gets checkmate, and he goes, You uh, cheating B I T C H. You can say it. He says, I can't. Just pot yes, you can. He says, you cheating bitch. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he pours his drink, <laughs> into, <laughs> opens up its, opens up its core and pours his drink, his al alcohol into it. And at this, this is, uh, at this point, he hears the explosion from mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the Finnish scientists who are throwing grenades at this dog. And at this point, we have no idea why. This is all a mystery. So they're throwing grenades at this dog. He runs out 
to see what's going on. Uh, the crew all gathers, and this dog um, runs up and greets uh, our heroes, greets Clark, who is the, the, the dog guy. Greets him, and they start petting him. this beautiful, like, husky. And one of the Finnish scientists has a grenade, and he drops it. He goes to throw it and throws it backwards. Gloved up. Yep. Gloved up. Blows up the helicopter in himself because he's trying to dig it up instead of just running. Yeah. And then the other one... What an idiot. (laughs) 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 To be fair, I don't think combat was part of it. But... That's fair. Then uh, the the second guy has the rifle and he's going and he's just shooting at the dog. He tries to talk to him. They don't speak the same language, so they're not understanding each other. And he shoots one of the guys in the leg. Um, who was it that he shot in the leg? Um, mm. I don't remember which character it was. Was it? It was. What? Who was it? Uh, I can was see it Fuchs? Face, but I don't... No, it no, it wasn't been. Fuchs. It was. Uh, I know who it was. It was Bennings. He shoots Bennings in the leg. Yeah. He shoots Bennings in the leg, and then he just marches past him and still tries to shoot the, the dog. Meanwhile, Gary, who is basically the captain of, of the expedition, busts out a window and shoots him right in the eye. Kills him. So then they have to, they're like, what is going, what is this? What just happened? So what do you guys think of this whole opening? The... The helicopter chasing the dog is one of the coolest things. I mean, I, I mean, I would not know where to begin to pull that off. How did they get the dog to run across this terrain? This nothing. Yeah, this terrain. Like, and and you like at first I was like, I wonder if they just like filmed the dog and then kind of put the helicopter separate on it. You know, did something weird there, but then you see like the dog react to the helicopter. Like it's like scared of it. Like it was like, Mm -hmm. Oh crap, you're coming at me. And then, you know, the dog was pretty safe. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think they took really good care of the animals during this movie, but it, you see that dog react to a helicopter flying over it. And it is very real. And it just is so intense and beautiful. Yeah. They shot that. Derek. I've got three words for you. What an opening. Mm. It was a great opening. Like, so the, this, so I think at one point they say they're about an hour away from the, the base of where these guys came from. I do find it a little short-sighted that you don't have at least one scientist in that group that doesn't speak at least the language within the like well, I think corresponding they did. places. I think they did. You mean in our group? Yes, in the American group. I think we do. I think one of them is able to translate it, but he just wasn't out there. Because remember, he's translating his, their papers. So I think they can, one of them can. They just aren't gotcha. in, that, in that area. Gotcha. Plus, he doesn't really Stop give them a lot of time. He doesn't, um, but you would at least uh, like be like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And yeah. if you're him coming into that base... And yeah, these people have no idea why you're you would doing try this. to. Yeah, you would try to explain it, right? You'd be like, "Hey, you put it down," and you would 
But he also just saw his entire team ripped apart by the thing. 100%. I mean, so, you know, once you see this thing, you're probably going to go insane. But this mm-hmm. opening was great. It was uh, action-packed, and it gave a good introduction to the, the people that we were going to see for the rest of the film. And it was fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Like you said, Lydia, it's beautiful. I love the way it's shot. I love the way the, the open vista, and you see, like, the tiny dog and the helicopter following mm-hmm. It's just so cool. Yeah. And it sets the stage because you're like, what can happen next? You know? Yeah. You're like, why? First of all, if if it's the first time you're watching it, you're like, why are they chasing this dog and trying to kill it across this entire thing? You're, it's just like you're immediately asking questions, which you never stop doing the entire movie. You're like questioning what is happening. Yeah. This movie is perfect. It's a perfect example of... Uh, not spoon feeding the audience. It's a it's mm-hmm. it's a movie that treats the audience like they're intelligent. You know, the audience is smart enough to get what they can get. And there's some things that are deliberately not supposed to be known that are up to your interpretation to figure out what happened. Yes. Could A have happened or could B have happened? You know, there's even maybe a C. So like the ending. Like the ending. We'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. the ending. Um it's a it yeah, you're right. It creates that. So we go from from there to uh, McCready and the doctor, uh, Cooper. Is it Copper? Dr. Copper. Uh, they expedition to the uh, Finnish base. It's an hour away. And McCready's a, you know, a pilot, a helicopter pilot. Mm-hmm. So they fly there, and we get this great scene of them... Uh, Let's talk about that scene before we go to the, back to the, our base. But we get this great scene of them investigating this base. They walk in. They see, like, an axe on the wall with blood. They see all this stuff. They see a guy who had basically slit his own wrist in his own throat. And his blood is frozen. Yeah. And then we see, we see this pile of what was a man with two faces like kind of split apart together and in like kind of like a almost not quite a burn pile but it's like laying there mm-hmm. and of course they take that back to do an autopsy uh and they see the big giant uh you know a block of of nothing right like a, a big giant block of emptiness mm-hmm. when uh the ice it's the like ice. a Kind of yeah. like an ice tomb, tomb. Kind of an ice tomb. Thing. Yeah, perfect way to put it. And it's empty. Uh, what do you guys think of this scene? I think it's it is definitely there to like build more anxiety because he's mm-hmm. like kind of getting you know snippy with the guy. He's like, "Come on, like we need to get going. Like hurry up, whatever you're doing, hurry up." I'm going to go check out the rest of the place so we can get out of here. And he just like walks into this room and he's like, um, <laughs> you need to get Come back, back in here. here. Yeah. yeah. And there's just like this big block and you're like, what? You're like, obviously whatever is doing this came out of that. What do you think of this sequence, Derek? Um, it is a, so this movie is a horror movie, but at the same time, it's also a mystery, right? Mm-hmm. They've just stumbled upon this mystery and you've got all these little clues <clears throat> and they do a great job of figuring it out, you know, through the course of the movie. But like this, uh, could you imagine being in their place and coming across no. 
this mutation of a person, this base that's been decimated, and then that giant ice block that's a tomb. And, you know, what came out of there? I don't know. I would probably just, you know, leave, but yeah. <laughs> but where are you going to go? Well, I'd get to in that a different helicopter. Base, completely different base. I'd get to the helicopter, f- fuel it up, and then fly away. <laughs> yeah, as Bye. far as you can. Bye. But, uh, yeah. Does yeah, a great I job. It. It's a great mystery. Yeah, I love Moving it because well. it just is, it builds so much tension, like you were saying, Lydia. Tension and suspense. When he's walking through that base and they're walking through it, you're, you you just feel something's going to pop out at him, right? But they it doesn't because it's not that kind of movie, right? It's not that kind of horror movie. So you're expecting a jump scare or something, and it's just nothing. It's just deliberate, deliberately slowly paced. And it's walking in these rooms that are beautifully lit. And then the the dude with the icicle blood is so disturbing. Can you imagine walking in and seeing that? No. And Kurt Russell's performance in that moment is so good. Yes. The throat is slit so deep. And And the blade's still stuck there. uh, It's so disturbing. And his face is just horror, you know, like, frozen in horror. It's disgusting. (laughs) So I don't, it's never a great time to bring this up. I say that as it's like a bad thing. This movie is so well done and the special effects minus those couple of little tiny things is so well done. You could release this thing in theaters today. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. This movie yes. translates so well. Yeah, it holds uh, across up. Time. Yeah. Very well. I was so yes. impressed going back through it and analyzing it like you know, I, I see way worse than this in in current movies and big yeah. movies. Definitely. Yeah. In big movies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we talked about with uh, Dead Silence, I mean, when we talk about the, uh, the the CGI morphing face and all that stuff and how it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you compare that to, you know, uh, this movie and you're just like, wow, yeah, practical is the way to go. Practical is better. It is for sure. a million times. And especially if you compare it, let's do apples to apples, and you compare the effects to this movie to the effects in the 2011 remake, and prequel kind of movie, and it's just night and day. Like, I need to see do that, that one sometime. We do. We'll do it. You haven't seen that, Lydia? No. It's not terrible, but it's the effects are. I think the effects are terrible. <laughs> Were they all CG? Yeah. They couldn't have all been CG. They were. Um, so they actually filmed them with practical effects and the producers made them throw CG over it instead and refilm them with CG. What? Because they thought that, you know, it made it look more dated with practical effects, which is the opposite of what it does. Using CG makes it look dated to that time period. I mean, and it depends on, uh, the practical effects. Whoever did the practical effects in this movie. The great Rob Bottin. They were amazing. Like during yeah. the, the autopsy. We'll get to and like we'll get to Rob's Magnum opus. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like the, where it really shines is like when they're doing the, the autopsy. Like Yes. <laughs> you believe You mean like after the scene when they bring back that thing that they found? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's the next scene, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll be 
I, yep. I jumped out. Yeah, I jumped ahead. No, there. no, no. Yeah, like, we're 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 there. <laughs> we're there, man. You believe? You believe that they are they are doing an autopsy? Yes, I mean, you really do. The camera just like goes up to each of their faces, oh, and you dude. just see the realist acting yeah. of them just being so serious. So like, what's what what's is even this? what's so even good. better is uh, right before the autopsy scene. We get, uh, and before McCready and uh, Doc come back with the body, we get this scene where we're introduced to all of our characters. Uh, and there's this great scene where it basically pushes in and out of each character. And each character gets a moment to shine. You know what I mean? So we mm -hmm. get, like, like it introduces Windows. He's at the, uh, trying to get a sick, trying to get a signal for somebody to, trying to get a radio signal to somebody. And then we're introduced to uh, all the other, like we we introduce Nalls as he's skating across the the way, and then Nalls bumps into Halls uh, um, bumps into uh, Palmer, who is the the hippie, you know, like the kind of tripped out dude with the biker jacket and you know the vest, and we get his little bit. Then we are introduced to so basically each little character here we introduce blair we get like just little introductions it's very well done i love that um it's a seamless way we inter we get introduced to childs um so it's just a really seamless way to introduce this because this is a big ensemble of of, of characters right. and none of them feel like pointless fodder they all feel like members of a team some gets less screen time than others kurt russell obviously should get the most screen time He's Kurt Russell. But <laughs> mm -hmm. Are we going to have at least one diabetes, diabetes clip in, in our you know podcast? It's, you know it's going to be in there. I'm Wilford <laughs> Brimley, and I have diabetes. Hi, I'm Wilford Brimley, and I've had diabetes for about 20 years. <laughs> Lydia, do you remember those commercials, Lydia, or are you too young? I do remember those commercials. Oh, good, good. Um, is that a character? Is he a character in this? Blair uh, is him. Yeah. Wilford Brimley. Which one That's is Blair? Blair is the Doctor Blair. Blair is the doctor the... that does the autopsy. What on earth? Are you serious? Yeah, I did not connect that. You didn't know that was Wilford he, Brimley. He didn't have the mustache. That's why. what's missing. Yeah, that's why he didn't. Yeah, he didn't but have if the you listen mustache. to his voice, you know, that's definitely Wilford Brimley. Yep. I've, I've had diabetes for forty-five years. That's why I suck on Werther's. <laughs> You remember Werther's? I do. That's a no, grandpa too, thing. Werther's I'm too original. young for that. Yeah, Werther's original. <laughs> now in soft chew. <laughs> That's great. Are you looking up Wilford Brimley? Yes, I am. Yeah. So uh, getting to your point, Lydia, what you just talked about is once the autopsy when they pull this thing out and they do an autopsy on it, it's uh, all of their faces, like you said. We get close-ups of each person's face as they're reacting to this disgusting thing, whatever it is. It's um, just like this mass, like we talked about, a deformed human. And he's ripping out the intestines, and we get close-ups of him ripping out like all of the organs. And he says, hey, uh, these are all normal. It's a normal organs for a human being 
And they're like, I don't understand, you know, how? Yeah. And if I were uh, Blair, when I took a look at that monstrosity, I'd have been like, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I think that thing's going to give me diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after this scene, Clark goes and kennels the, the dog that has uh, wandered on the, the base. And um, this scene upset me so much when I was a, when I was a kid. Like, it upset me so much when I was a kid. So he kennels the dog, and the dog goes in and lays down. And he leaves. And then the dog starts transforming into the thing. Starts making this terrible sound. All the dogs start barking. Its head mm -hmm. splits open. And, it, like, this skull thing pops out. These tentacles come out of its back. And then it just starts, like, attacking the dogs and trying to assimilate them. And one of the dogs bites through the chain in cage. the cage and, and jumps out. Clark hears this, and uh, McCready hears it, and he hits the fire alarm, pulls it. Everybody comes running in, and when, he, when Clark opens the door, the dogs escape, and the thing tries to escape, and he slams it. And shuts it before, and he locks it in, and the thing is in there. And it starts to mutate into this thing. There's this one poor dog that's trying to escape, and he starts spraying it with this liquid stuff. So McCready comes in with a shotgun. Uh, Childs comes in. He tells Childs to go grab the flamethrower, who Childs, by the way, is played by the great Keith David. Mm -hmm. And he opens the door, and they all start unloading on it. McCready shoots one of the dogs and Clark goes off because, you know, he's like, no, no. And the other dogs escape out. And uh, he tells Childs to burn it because the bullets aren't, aren't doing the job. So he catches it on fire with his flamethrower and they all run in with uh, fire extinguishers and put it out. What, is, what are your guys' thoughts on this scene? It is definitely upsetting seeing that dog get sprayed and like I can I can't imagine watching this as a child because as an adult I was like very offended that the yeah. dogs were being attacked first, basically. Yeah. Uh, like kill all the humans, but leave those poor puppies alone. Yeah, and those dogs were such good dogs. And that main dog is a great actor. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. He go he walks into the kennel. The guy's like, go into the kennel, go on. And he like yeah. walk, the dog slowly walks in and just stares at the wall and just lays down and just does not move. It's like the creepiest thing. Yeah. And all the other dogs are just kind of like, what is that? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's this guy's What's that dog staring? Yeah. It, and then it just gets just insane. Oh, also while it's doing this, it the thing itself, one of the things, climbs up in the floor or in the thing and escapes. So what's left of it, they burn the, the other piece of the thing they burn and kill. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, it was legit scary. Yeah. Like I was watching it today and I'm like, ah, oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> was, it is. I don't know how I watched that as a kid, but <laughs> yeah, I felt that too. When I watched it, I was watching it and I was like, because I remember watching it and being upset by that dog scene. That was the part that it upset me the most. Because those, you know, I'm a dog guy. I have three of them. 
So I was like, I was like, oh no. And Remy's laying right beside me. And I'm like, I would never let the thing get you, Remy. <laughs> uh, plus, Remy's a big asshole. So he wouldn't have, the thing wouldn't want him. <laughs> It'd come over and then he'd be like, Whoa. They're like, uh, nah. he barks at everything. I don't want to assimilate right. him. I'll be an <laughs> asshole too. <laughs> Remy's a good boy. He's just misunderstood. He is. he is. He's a very sweet dog. He's just very vocal. He's a vocal boy. He's got tiny little ears. Mm -hmm. I'll show a picture of Remy right here. Um, but he's a <laughs> the cutest little guy, and he uh, Sarah today sent me a, a, a video of uh, of him barking. And she's like, he's been doing this all day. I was like, yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> so, question. Yeah. I'm going to try to connect the dot. Now, again, you know, I was, uh, I was multitasking when I was watching this movie today. But uh, Blair, mm -hmm. does he get, he gets taken over, I'm assuming, by the piece that escaped through the ceiling when he is in the shed? Yes. That's my interpretation, yes, because he's not up until that point, I don't think. So Yeah, I don't um, think he's extrapolating <laughs> along the world. No, the the, the, the yeah, yeah, the thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at this point they do a second autopsy, and this is where we're um basically Blair says, Look, this and this is where we find out what it is. That it's an organism that takes over other organisms said it was trying to copy these dogs. If it had more time, it would have been an exact copy of this dog. That's what it's trying to do. So whatever this creature is, it, you know, assimilates to something and becomes an exact copy of them to take over more, to take over more hosts and more hosts. Um, and then he does a computer simulation at this point. And this is where the paranoia really starts to build. So it's going to be hard to to talk about how well it's built in our format, but basically we get just some quick scenes of like him talking to Clark and saying, how long were you alone with that dog? About an hour or so. Why are you looking at me like that? And he's like, no reason. It's probably nothing at all. And then... Well, go ahead. Oh, go. what were you going to say? Uh, well, let's get to the point where he is doing his, his calculations. Yeah, and that's all. what we're going to get to. So basically at this point, he decides, let's decide, let's see what this can, you know, what this thing is capable of. So he does it. So he takes, runs a computer program and, uh, it tells him what's going to happen. Basically, if this thing escapes in the civilization, we get an animated, uh, computer animation of showing it taking over the cells in the it's 80s computer <laughs> but basically uh it would in a thousand what was it how many hours Twenty-seven thousand uh, hours Twenty-seven thousand hours it would take over mankind yep so i did the calculations on this <clears throat> of course you did because of course did. yeah so twenty-seven thousand hours would be 1125 days or just over three years so the fact that he is is doing the math on this and realized like it's got a it's a, a heavy thing like the gravity of that situation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of if this thing escapes from this camp like we're screwed if it gets into a like some of the things that are containing it the, the remote the remoteness of the camp 
the fact that it's super cold outside and it doesn't want at this point to to go back into a deep freeze so like those factors are keeping it as contained as possible yeah <clears throat> but uh, if it were to get into an airport yeah like, and I, i'm sure that because from this point on like his paranoia to what you just said like goes off the charts because he realizes it doesn't matter we if we die or not we we gotta we gotta contain this right which is very interesting bigger than him um especially with what what kind of happens next so um they mccready copper and uh gary all fly back to that station they want to see what else is over there what else is at that station um, well, this is after they're going through the footage, right? And they realize... Like, yeah, they're going through the footage and they see this there. They see this dig site. They're setting charges and such. So they go to that location to see what's there and they uncover a spaceship, essentially. Um, and that's when they realize that this is uh, what this is. So when they return, McCready tells briefs everybody else of what he saw hey this isn't i think this is an alien you know and there mm-hmm. of course childs is immediately antagonistic to this idea he's like i don't believe in that voodoo shit which since when did aliens become voodoo by the way <laughs> i thought the exact same thing i was like uh <laughs> this isn't magic buddy yeah it's like it's extraterrestrial yeah he's like this voodoo like you probably go to church don't you i'm just saying yeah <laughs> Don't Which know the is, difference between voodoo and aliens. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> From Florida, <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this already starts to put tension between everybody at this point. Um, and then um, let me make sure I get the order of this stuff right. Um so at this point, they, they're ordered to burn the rest of the bodies or put the bodies in that, uh, in that freeze area. So they're going to, to put the bodies up, Windows and Bennings. And Windows leaves. And once Windows leaves, we see, we see the, the, the tarp move that's containing one of the bodies. And then Windows leaves, we see stuff dripping down. When he when Windows comes back, he sees Bennings like the thing's got him all wrapped up. He looks all disgusting over in the corner, and so he runs to get help. And he goes to McCready, and he's like, "That's got Bennings." So, uh, I, I believe bit at this point, Ben or um, at this point also, um, Fuchs has taken McCready to the side to tell him that he's worried about Blair because Blair's acting real sketchy, and he hasn't left his cabin and um so once he comes back um fuchs pulls mccready to the side and and they they he's like i need to talk to you outside and they go inside like the the snowcat or whatever and he tells him blair's acting really crazy uh he's being extra paranoid we've got to watch him something something's not right with blair so at this point, that's when Windows discovers Bennings, goes and gets uh, McCready. They go to discover, to see if he's there. They see the window busted out and they see him running. 
So they chase him down in Benning's Falls, and they go around to the front of him, and he's got these fucked up hands because he's not fully transformed yet. And he makes this creepy... <gasps> yeah. So Sound. scary. He does that, and so McCready kicks the gas can over and catches him on fire, ignites him, and they put him out. What do you guys think of this scene? It's so scary. That's It's like the scariest thing. Like, uh, I, can't, I don't even know how to say anything. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't <laughs> be on a podcast where I talk about scary things because I get so worked up <laughs> that I don't have words for anything. I'm like, it's it's like, I if can you imagine seeing no. that? Someone no. that you know? personally and just like with monster hands and yeah <laughs> and then they just do that noise what so it's like why don't they use that like in more movies in that way yeah I feel like other movies try to do that poorly you know well i think the reason is is because most filmmakers aren't john carpenter <laughs> I guess so. I mean, like, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to pull off that. But, like, the way he pulls it off is better than anybody else. Derek, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so if, if I were McCready or anybody else who is witnessing this happen, just the speed at which, like, at this point, Blair knows. Mm -hmm. But the speed at which this is happening, because it wasn't but a couple of minutes ago, the guy walked in on on him like being strangled by that thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just the the time frame it takes from infection to being taken over because he was ninety five percent copied. It was just his hands at that point. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> would be so scary because at that point, that's for me seeing how fast that happened. That's when my paranoia would kick in and be like, okay, who among us <laughs> has is the thing been transformed? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where the paranoia starts. So, yeah, I, I love this scene. It's so, like, scary. I mean, it has a big bombastic fire and stuff, It's so it's big and interesting to watch, too, but it's so scary. When he turns around and he gives him that look and he makes that noise, oh, it's just like, can you imagine, like you said, Lydia, it's somebody that you know, but you look in their eyes and you know it's not them. Yes. That's scary. That's a scary thought, right? So scary. Mm -hmm. That's primal that's a primal fear i think we have as humans not recognizing people that we know um so yeah i love it too so then we um <laughs> at that point that's when they're like let's burn all the bodies we're gonna burn at all of them so they take them out and they burn them and then uh at this point blair freaks out and um at, well before blair freaks out they, we see somebody run into um, the, the the chopper and run back out. And they're like, what, what was that? And they go to the chopper and the chopper, all of the instruments are destroyed on it. So the, the chopper is, is done. Um, so they're kind of stuck there, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that's when they start talking about how long this the thing has been there and everything. So um, at this point where Blair kind of freaks out, right? 
this is the scene. He freaks got out. His gun. Got his gun, and he's firing at everybody. They're like, they go to McCready again. They always go to McCready, you know, because he's the de facto leader, even though he's not the leader, right? Yeah. He's the de facto leader. So they go to McCready, and um, he's uh, Blair's firing this gun, and he's destroying all of the radio communication. Like, he's destroyed all of it. And Windows, poor Windows is over in the corner, like, all bloody and stuff because he's been beat up and he's cowering. And uh, so basically McCready sends Childs around to distracting. And they grab a table and they go and they take Blair and they knock him out. What do you think of this whole Blair scene? Lydia. Um, I'm going to pass on this one. I'm going to pass on this one. Okay. This one's all Derek. All right. Derek, go ahead. Uh, I mean, just going back to that, like, at this point, he's really the only one who knows. And so he's legitimately lost his stuff. I'd be scared, too. He's scared. Yeah, he's scared. And, uh, and not only is he scared, but he's, like, wanting to um, protect he's trying to protect what he can and nobody else really understands that yet yeah and i think his biggest mistake in this is uh he becomes irrational yes right <clears throat> instead of trying to have a conversation with the group to get them to on the same level as you as far as understanding like where you are in this process and what it could mean he just he goes crazy and so once that level of communication breaks down they really have no chance, and uh, so yeah, he's he's scared, and he's he understands what's going to happen. Yeah, and the fact it, that one of two in possibilities. The of nowhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's You're stranded. so much easier, to, and it's like so much more common for people to actually lose their minds in that situation when you know the thing isn't attacking them. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's it makes it um, like not only is there the paranoia of being trapped and the paranoia of being there, but you're completely isolated from all civilization. And um, I mean, people without having the thing have went crazy, to your point, in situations similar to that. Mm -hmm. uh, just the isolation drives people crazy, right? So you throw in a an uh, alien that multiplies itself and takes over life forms, and that's a whole other ball game. So what they end up doing is they end up locking Blair away in the shed. They set up the shed. They have a guideline to it. They lock him in there and basically say, "You need to just you need to stay here." They they shoot him up with some morphine, and he has a conver uh, McCready stays behind and has a conversation with him, and says. You know, how you doing, old boy? And he, and he tells him, you know, you don't know what's going on here, you know. And then he says, watch, watch Clark. <clears throat> and he's like, he's like, it's not you. It's, it's not him. It's Clark. Watch Clark. He said, Clark's been in, he had, he was most in contact with those dogs. You need to watch him. So McCready comes out and he says, you know, they, they start to make a plan to figure out what's going on. And he says, so first things first. Um, 
you need to keep an eye on Clark while you're at it, you know. Um, and then he says we need to uh, devise a test to see which of us are this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And the doctor. Um, yeah, and the doctor says that he's like, oh, I have an idea. I have an idea of, of this. And he's like, okay, what is it? And he says, okay, so I have developed a blood test. So they go inside, and the next scene we see that the blood has been tampered with. Like the, the so freezer's... Go ahead. Explain this blood test. Huh? We should probably explain the, the blood test, like his idea. What is his actual his idea? Because McCready's is different. Yeah, so McCready's is far less complex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I believe the doctor's idea was that um, it will take the sample blood that they already have and then the blood from a person, mash those up, add some of the, the current blood to the old blood sample, and if it tries to assimilate, assimilate, then we'll know it's the thing. Yeah. And if it okay. doesn't, then we know it won't won't do That's... it. And McCready's is so much more like straightforward. <laughs> yeah, which we'll we'll get, we'll get to that of course. Should have went with his in the beginning. We also didn't mention that uh, Blair, when he goes crazy, also kills the rest of the sled dogs. So that's awful. Yeah. Well, and Clark trying goes to eliminate every single all, avenue. All, this... Every avenue. Yeah. So Clark is, of course, mm -hmm. very devastated by this. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's a great misdirect, by the way. It's a very great misdirect. It's a perfect because misdirect. every data point that you have to this point tells you that Clark is infected. It's great, great misdirect. Yeah. So at this point, they uh, they get into like there's this the scene where the blood's messed up is a great scene because we get this tension build. We start to see the fracture within this group and the paranoia that nobody trusts anybody. So he's like. Okay, so who has access to this blood? The doctor's like, well, I do. He's like, he's like, I suppose I do. He's like, okay, so who, um, you know, else has access? And he's like, well, I get the keys from Gary. And Gary's like, well, somebody could have lifted it off of me. And then uh, it creates them like fighting with each other. This big fight starts to break out. Windows freaks out, runs and grabs, breaks open a, a gun case and grabs the gun because they're like, Windows was the one with, with Bennings. So he's probably the thing. So he grabs a shotgun. Gary points the gun at him. And McCready talks everybody down. And then uh, <laughs> he, Gary like says, well, you'd feel better if somebody else was in charge. And Childs goes to grab the gun. And Clark stops him with the knife. He's like, the hell you will. And McCready goes, I think we need somebody a little more even-tempered, Childs. And he takes the gun. <laughs> what do you guys think of this little sequence? The whole blood scene in this sequence? It's very intense. Yeah. Like, it does like a, a great... Game of... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So it's like a little game of poker at this point. You're putting your, your cards on the table... To say, especially whenever they, you know, are um, fractured to the point where they're having to identify a new leader. Yeah. You know, and, and we know who's who. Because they offer it to the one guy and he's like, I don't think I'm up for this. I'm like, okay, buddy, go sit down. 
Yeah, yeah, Norris. That's that Norris guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm up because they're like, well, nobody will oppose Norris. And he's like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> so yeah but it does a great job of sowing the seeds of discontent and the seeds of mistrust so nobody's trusting any anyone at this point everybody's kind of you know afraid of each person at this point also uh, mccready has been talking to a tape recorder he's kind of saying hey i'm gonna hide this tape afterwards in case we don't make it but something bad's happening here um, and he's in communication with Fuchs, who's trying to develop a new blood test. He's like, did you develop another, another method? And he's like, I have a few ideas. Yeah. He's like, keep working on it. So then, uh, he goes outside, Fuchs does, and sees a jacket on the ground ripped and ripped. And it says RJ McCready on it. Mm-hmm. And this is important because just before this, when McCready's in the tape recorder, he says one more thing. I think that it rips its clothes when it when it transforms. I think it rips the clothes that it's wearing. Um, so uh, he finds this. And then the next thing we know, um, they go out to um, Niles and... McCready and uh, I think it's just Nalls McCready. They go out to investigate this and they stumble upon Fuchs's burnt body. So now that we're here, let's. And McCready says, uh, you know, well, maybe he tried. He said, the one guy says maybe he tried to burn him, accidentally burn himself. And McCready says, well, maybe he caught himself, caught himself on fire before it could, you know, assimilate him. What do you guys think happened to Fuchs? I have no clue. I don't know how anybody. <laughs> I did not. I was not able to follow what exactly was happening and who was in, who was being infected and whatever you know. Similar. I couldn't follow it. I was like, I was just going with it. <laughs> so, couple things. Uh, first off. Who do you think? I love how it. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I love how he's like, I'm going to hide this tape. But if they're all dead and he hides it kind of well, like, who's going to find it? <laughs> he's going to try. He's going to try his best. <clears throat> yeah, you know, at least there's a record somewhere that someone might yeah. stumble upon. Um, so there is a, yeah, so there's a point in this. Um, the, and I think it's when, uh, when McCready comes back in from the, the winter, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it, it has mm-hmm. to deal with this. So when he comes back from the winter storm and he's like, people are trying to attack him and he throws them. And the, the one guy he throws mm-hmm. against the uh, shelves and he like gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they go to revive him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get to that and scene. The second one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he's infected. I'm going to give that part away. Yeah. But I don't think he knows that he's transformed. No, I Did think you he get does. that impression. You no, he does? he does because yeah. he's like, oh, like he like yeah. starts to like not feel good. Yeah, he yeah, like it doesn't feel good. Yeah, exactly. And maybe <clears> maybe you right. Another thing that I noticed is that they all seem kind of scared because they don't know if they are infected. But you know I, I mean? also yes, but I think that's because they don't know if they do know when they're infected because they don't 
You know what I mean? Like that none of yeah. them have been infected and know that they've been assimilated, of course. Right. Uh, yeah. So they don't know if am I infected and don't know it, you know? So nobody knows that. But I do believe that the ones that are infected. And Norris is maybe just a misdirect, but I think uh, the ones that are actually the thing know they're the thing because we'll get to that in the blood in the blood testing scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, they at this point they so they're out in the winter storm. They go out there. Um, I, why do they go out again? I'm trying to remember why they're out they there to- anyway. There was a fuse that went out that they had to go That's turn right, back on. That's right, that they had to turn the fuse back on. So when they're there, Nalls finds the, uh, he finds McCready's torn jacket, cuts the guideline, and leaves him out there to freeze to death because he thinks he's the thing. So yeah, McCready comes. To, uh, <clears throat> and they, so they, they find the, the burnt body. Uh-huh. And then they're like, why don't we turn back? And he's like, we need to stop by my bunk first. Why yeah. do we need to stop by your bunk? Because the light's on. And, when yeah. I left yesterday, I turned the lights off. That's right. Then yeah. it, it cuts to it, it cuts to um no I didn't catch who it was, but it, there's a it cuts to a frame or two of somebody like looking at them. Who yes. was that? I don't think we know. Right? Or was it Gary? Um but I, I think we're not meant to know. It's kind of supposed to be the thing watching them, maybe. I thought it was the face of somebody. Mm, I don't remember. I I, I don't remember it. But um, from, yeah, so basically from there, uh, McCready breaks through a a supply window because they won't let him in. And he holds, he has a stick of dynamite. And he's he's like frozen and looks like shit. And he has the stick of dynamite. He's like, I'm going to, you know, if, if I go, all of us go. So he basically holds them hostage, and he makes uh, Childs drop the flamethrower, and uh, basically ties them all up, or gets gets them all in a room, and they're all kind of in this pressure cooker of a of an area, right? Mm-hmm. And when they're fighting, they knock out what's his face. Uh, like you said, um, fight breaks out, and they knock out Norris. And Norris passes out. So the doctor goes to give him... uh, He's trying to revive him. And he's not reviving. So he grabs the defibrillator paddles and shocks him once. Meanwhile, uh, McCready's still holding everybody hostage with this uh, dynamite, right? And he has a flamethrower. You know, he's attached right by the flamethrower and everything. And uh, he goes to shock him again. And the dude's stomach opens up to giant teeth, bites off the dude's arms. <laughs> the doctor falls down, and then uh, this gross head pops up from it, and it's like attached to the top. There's little uh, tentacles, tentacles everywhere. There's like it's like Twizzlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little, t- and they catch it on fire. They end up McCready ends up burning it, catching it on fire. And he's like, "No, let it burn." You know, wait, wait. And while this is going on, the head detaches from the body. It rips down. Ugh. Its tongue goes off and grabs, pulls itself 
with its tongue, and then spider legs come out of it, and it turns into a walking spider. And like little eyeballs like come up out of the top. Yeah, at the top of it. Well, and at the then, bottom, technically. Yeah, yeah. So hand. it's upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh. it catch. So then they see it catching on fire. What do you guys think of this autopsy scene? It's perfect. Yeah, I would have loved to have been in the <laughs> the pitch meeting or like when he's like talking to the special effect people, and yes. maybe even he storyboards like what he wants. <laughs> the look on their face is probably going to be like. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I want a spider head. To fall head. off and then crawl away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a big spider. I so good. I can it's only so imagine. Scary. It's, yeah, it's not. I, yeah, ahead, it's, it's like not only shocking that like his arms just go straight into it. It's like, it's, it just gets. Oh my gosh, it just gets so crazy. Just it's one head. of the best uh, scares, right? Like, I mean, because yeah. You, you don't really see it it's coming. Out I mean, of nowhere. The tension is ratcheted up because of everything that's going on, and then you do not expect this dude's stomach to open up into a mouth. Yes. That is just next level. And so when that happens, I remember as a kid watching it, I was like, <laughs> "Like, what is going on?" Yeah, just one of the best scenes of in horror. Period. Really this autopsy like, scene. Yes, I totally agree, and I really like how. Uh, McCready is like holding everyone kind of hostage with dynamite and then he's like pushes that guy over and he just doesn't get back up and you can see like the worry and they're like get the doctor back in here because they yeah. doesn't know you know and it's, it's almost like he just like got really hurt and like or like had a heart attack or something yeah that's what and it seems like yeah it does and he's just like get the doctor in here everybody stay in my sight I gotta take care of all of you, but I'm taking care of myself because you're trying yeah, to Yeah, because me. I know I'm not the thing, but I don't yeah. know which of you are not the thing. Yes. So and I, I want you all in front of me. Makes then you really I'll... like him. What's also <laughs> great more. about this scene is once once the thing takes over here, he immediately pushes everybody back and immediately kills the thing. Yes. And, you know, and basically earns some of their trust back with that. Because there's actually, during the blood testing scene, that's what's said, is it's like, well, McCready did waste that. He took no time wasting that thing. You know, if he was that thing, I don't think he would have wasted it. Yeah. And um, so at this point, everybody's up at each other's throats. Windows in, and Palmer are, Palmer's always accusing Windows of being the thing. So they're constantly at each other's throats. Um, now they know Norris was a thing. So he thinks that Gary... McCready himself thinks Gary's probably a thing. He's like, so, you know, you know, he his suspicions are Gary and Clark are probably the thing, but he doesn't know. So he he devises a blood test. And as he's, you know, getting ready for this, Clark tries to attack him with the with the knife. He grabbed a knife earlier in the scalpel. Thing. Yeah, scalpel. And he tries to attack him. And once he does this, McCready has the handgun now that Gary had. He t turns around and shoots him in the head because he, he's mm -hmm. arguing with Childs. And, Ch you know, he's like, you will take it. You'll do this or I will kill you. And he cocks the gun and points it right at him. He says, I'm not I'm not joking. And he's like, I guess you're not. And then Clark attacks. So he shoots him. And 
that's when they we get into the other best part of this movie, which is the whole blood test scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the blood test scene. It's so good. Me too. Me too. It's the, the tension. Yeah. So <laughs> he devises this this method of blood testing, basically that when that head pulled off and crawled around, he realized that maybe each bit of this thing is a separate entity. And so maybe its instinct is to survive. So he um, devises, his, his thought is maybe just if he gets something hot, it'll try to survive the heat, the blood will. Mm-hmm. So we get this great suspense. So he first does uh, windows. Windows is clean. He, he has them all. Yeah. He go ahead. cuts their whole entire thumb open. I don't know why they had to do that big of a cut. <laughs> they, I would have just done a little poke and be like, well, and like, like, I mean, on the just entire yeah. surface of your thumb. That is like one of the most used digits. Do like a little <laughs> pinky, right? Do the pinky. Do yeah. And bleed something. it out. So, That's true. It is. Yeah. It makes it better because they cut <clears throat> just, I mean, that guy goes for like the, right? Under yeah. The thumbnail. He, so <laughs> Windows collects everybody's blood and he starts the blood test. So he heats up a coil with the flamethrower and he first does uh, the doctor. Doctors, you know. The doctor's human. Then he does Clark. Finds out Clark was human. And you can see the remorse on his face once he finds out. And uh, Childs is like, that makes you a murderer. You know, mm-hmm. even though it was self-defense. But he's like, you know, that makes you a murderer. And he's thinking, you know, okay, fine. So he does Windows. Windows is clean. And he's like, so I'll tell you all what I know. And he does himself. Mm-hmm. And he's clean. So uh, then he does um, um, Gary next. And he does Gary. And Gary says, that's fine. But can you... Uh... Or no, he doesn't do Gary next. I'm sorry. He does him later. He so next he does, he does Palmer next. And there's a great shot. There's a great switcheroo here that you don't see. But... He's holding up the blood sample and he touches it and it jumps out and jumps right in his face. And then it goes down and starts running. And then mm-hmm. Palmer starts shaking. Yeah. And, you know, and they're tied to him. They're tied to him. And they're yes. like, hey, get me off here. Get me off here. Awesome. And they, of course, they kill Palmer. And uh, Burn Palmer. And then we have... Doesn't he kill, like... He kills Windows first. He kills Windows. He, like... His head opens up. (laughs) His head opens up and bites off his head. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. But there's, like, this whole scene where he... There is, like, the dummy... There's, like, a dummy, like, flailing around. Yes. As he's he's walking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because he, like, walks up to him, and he's like, you know, window is shooting because McCready's flamethrower is not working. Mm-hmm. So he tells, uh, you know, Windows to hit him, and Windows is just, like, I guess struck with fear. 
and then he's uh his head opens up and he bites his head off. Yeah, he does. He I mean, come on. Like just shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And he just stands there, just gets eaten. So then after they catch him on fire and kill him, and he burns Windows as well, because Windows like is over there and he's all like fucked up and catches him on fire. It's Keith David, you know, uh Childs and Palmer. He does Palmer, or he does um Childs. Childs is cleared. So then he does uh he does uh Gary last and Gary says now could you please untie me so I don't spend all winter tied to this fucking couch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good line. So then all of them are the things are gone, except there's one person they have to check. Which is Blair. So before we get to Blair, what are you guys your full thoughts on the the this whole blood testing scene? It's one of the best scenes in movie history, in my opinion. It's such a good scene. And I just have to say, the first two times that I watched this movie, I jumped at the blood thing. I yeah. don't jump in movies very often, but I jumped really hard at this scene. Like, it is very surprising when you're not expecting it. <laughs> it is. It's love great. It. I it's love great. it. Derek. Uh, no, I agree. It's so suspenseful. And then the the reveal that Clark, like this, like I said, this was a great misdirect. When you reveal that Clark was not infected, mm-hmm. and uh, you know his remorse at that moment because he realizes it was just a regular guy, human. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the suspense was fantastic. It, it really made this scene that next level. Yeah, it ratchets everything up, and especially uh, the misdirect they do with the blood. So they, they, how they did it is his hand is a fake hand. Mm-hmm. They have a fake hand rigged to the thing that shot out the blood when it when he touches it. Mm-hmm. So it's a fake hand, and they cut to it once before. So they have this shot here where it's over it, and then they cut to him doing his own when he does McCready's. It's this shot here. He does it. And then when they uh, when it goes back to that one, it's that fake hand again. They do the misdirect with the fake hand, and it's so quick you don't notice it. Wow. And that's what makes it. It's just a great. It is great. It's such a great like the way they pace it because you're expecting it to be here, expecting it to be here, yeah. expecting to be. So then you're like, well, I guess it's not coming. Then it's here. It's yeah. so good. And I just want to say I think that McCready gets gets past it really quickly when. They're like, oh, you're a murderer. You shot that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gets past it really quickly because in his head, he knows that there's no chance of any of them getting out of this. Yeah, he's starting he's to like, understand well... that. Yeah, he's starting <laughs> to understand that. Yeah, I don't think he actually probably would have shot anybody if he he didn't know that in his head that nobody is going to be okay after this. So, yeah, they go to check on Blair. And there's a scene that I need to mention that's earlier in the in the movie that we skipped. They go to visit Blair one of the times and check on him. And they open the window asking if they've seen one of the characters. And when they open the window, he's like sitting in the in the office or in that shed. And he has a fucking noose hanging in the shed. He, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go back inside. Can you guys let me go back inside? No, I don't think you're listening. 
I'm tired of being here. I don't want to be out here anymore. When he said that, I literally laughed out loud. Because he's like, hey, have you seen what's his name? And he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I think at this point, still... Twinsy's infected. Yeah, yeah I think that's definitely... the that's the start of him being infected. Yeah. He's sounding yeah. really weird. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. Already, he was already being weird. but And then he, he goes up to the window. He's like, no, listen to me, man. And he just shuts the door on him. So they go to check on Blair, and they have uh, the they have Keith David uh, Childs stand at the the door with the flamethrower to watch for anything. And uh, when he goes into Blair's hut, he, they find him. Em- they find him empty. He's not there. Um, and as they're walking, they feel something below the floorboards. So they pull up the floorboards and they see there's a giant hole that leads to like a tunnel. And they follow the tunnel down and see that the Blair thing was building a uh, spaceship, basically. Spaceship. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to get out of there. So they're like, okay, great. Um, we need to figure out what's going on. And then they, uh, they have... Uh, Null's keeping watch while they're down there looking at it. And he sees Childs run out of the of the of the base. And then uh the generator shut down. Everything shut off. They have no heat. They have no heat source or anything. So they're all standing around and he's like, uh, it's gonna get under a hundred below without that, you know. And he's like, so um, how about we at least warm this place up? Because he's like, that's what it wants. Because we can't survive in that, but it can. It can go into deep Mm -hmm. freeze. They come to rescue us, and they take it. He's like, so how about we warm it up around here so it can't, at least for a little while. And he lights the dynamite and throws it down, blows up the spaceship, blows up the entire hut, and then they just start wrecking the base. Um, they start, um, basically just crushing it, catching it on fire, um, to go to the end game. What do you think of this little bit? I really like when they're going through and setting up the dynamite and stuff to Mm -hmm. blow everything up. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's so good the way they just follow them through and you're like okay something is gonna go wrong something always goes wrong (laughs) yeah definitely definitely so what goes wrong is that uh while they're setting the rest of the charges to to blow everything up uh blair we find out which we knew is the thing and he comes and he attacks gary first and he freaking takes his hand and like pushes it through his face yeah um and kills him and then he uh Nalls is gone right Nalls disappears at the time so McCready has he's like you guys hey anybody he's hollering for him nobody's answering and he uh Goes to set the uh, 
he has the dynamite plunger and it gets pulled down and you know it's dragged down and then this big giant thing appears which is the the blair thing mm-hmm. that is also taken in nalls as well and it starts trying to attack mccready mccready has lit a, a dynamite and he gets knocked around and he grabs it and the thing's there and he looks at him and he says fuck you too throws the dynamite and blows him up kills the last thing what do you think line. of this finale such a good line with the floorboards when that thing comes at him it's so shocking mm-hmm. like like Derek said like if they release this today I think it would be just as impactful because that is such a shocking thing to see when it's just quiet you know it's not like they do now when it's like oh you know yeah the musical build and there's like bass and you know yeah. all this crazy stuff going on and it's like oh here you go it's about to happen right now it's just like he's just waiting and he just looks and He's like, okay, should I do this now or what's going to mm-hmm. happen? And then the floorboards just start. Yeah. It's really fast right at him. It's so cool when that happens. Yeah. And then it pulls, it starts pulling the plunger down, pulls it yeah. down with it. And yeah, McCready throws the dynamite, jumps out, blows it up. And <laughs> yeah. then he survives. He walks out and he's all beat up and he's, you know, really cold. He has his alcohol with him. This thing's on uh, the uh, base is on fire, and he sits down, and Childs walks around the corner, and they have a conversation. And he sits down. It's just McCready and Childs, and he's like, "Where were you?" And he said, "Well, I thought I saw Blair, so I went out there and I got lost in the storm." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "Well, how do I know that you're not one of the? You know, how do I know you're not the thing?" And he's like. Well, the way I see it is uh, if either of us are the thing, none of us are really in any shape to do anything about it. And he's like, so, you know, he's like, you know, I don't think we're going anywhere. He's like, well, what should we do? Like, I think we should just sit here for a while and see what happens. He says, okay. And he hands him the bottle and Childs takes a drink of it and McCready smiles starts to laugh and then we pull back and it's ending what do you guys think of the ending so first off what are your thoughts on the ending and what do you think it means let's start with you lydia oh gosh i don't know i don't know what it means so what are your thoughts on it first i i like it i like it it's uh it's kind of like it could go so many ways that you kind of can make your own ending uh, and just imagine what happens next. And it's like all up to you, which is nice because it's like, I can be like, Oh, they both got rescued right after. That. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Fine. You know, they won. Or you could be like, yeah, they probably like froze to death out there or you could, I mean, it could go. Or you could think that child might be a thing. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think that. Mm-hmm. But Derek. I don't know if I think that. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that a little bit here after I hear what he says. <laughs> what are your I thoughts think, on this ending? I think that McCready is the thing. 
Really? I do. For how Why long? would you think that? So here's why I think that. So this thing has, <laughs> has throughout the... I'm going to give this, like, if we were assigning percentages, I would just say that he's 15%, maybe the thing, and Childs is probably 85% the thing, if we're assigning okay. percentages. But here's why I think that there's a decent chance, a 15% chance that it could be McCready. So this thing, the thing, throughout the movie has demonstrated that it has the ability to develop defense mechanisms, like, on the fly, right? And the best case, or the best... Uh, example of this is whenever they're shocking the body mm -hmm. the first time it's just like what just happened to me and the second time they go to do it 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 has already repositioned itself to create a mouth to rip that guy's arm off so what if the creature because <clears throat> and it's the the dialogue that is what made me think this because he's like why don't we just sit here a while and see what happens as if if we just sit here long enough we'll both freeze to death and i'll be fine because <clears throat> I will move on. That's a good point. Um, but if it were, like I said, it's like 15% is my Yeah, I don't really think this. this is the case, but that's... <laughs> but if you, were the, if you were the thing, if you were that, that being, why would you not, because it seems like it has a hive mind, in a sense, why would you not create a copy of yourself that is oblivious to the fact that it actually is an alien. So that well, if I don't something know. does happen. You're getting into, we don't, I, that's that's not even hinted at that that's a possibility with this creature. It, it, it is, it just, the dialogue was right there. Anyway, I think this is a conspiracy. Okay. We should get that one guy to do a video. So, I love film the theory. That's just a theory. A film theory. I love that it's, <laughs> I, 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 I love the ending. I love that it's ambiguous. Uh, it is ambiguous. My, ta my takeaway of it is um, neither of them are the thing. They're both humans. Um, the thing is defeated. And the reason I kind of cheat, the reason I think that is because that's what John Carpenter thinks as well. So <laughs> That is Sorry. cheating. But uh, even before I thought that, I mean, it makes you wonder if Childs is the thing and can Childs be the thing? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's McCready because he just blew up the thing. Um, but we Childs did just leave randomly and we don't know why. And Blair, mm -hmm. the Blair thing was out there at that same time <clears throat> before he attacks Gary and Nulls, right? So... Could Childs be the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Could McCready be the thing? Yes. I stand I, I stand think, by my I I think I'm agreeing theory. with Derek on this. That's a, because no, it, I feel like he absolutely could be because uh there's this thing where I feel like if an alien was doing this right doing exactly what this alien is doing in this it would try to assimilate the the smartest like dominant person in the room and use that as an advantage right i and understand like, yeah. this person it, is going to be the survivor of the story i'm going to pick that one except the smarter except one that everybody that the thing is, just like, got blown to. up it's, it doesn't exist anymore it got blown up. The only way that one of them can be the thing is if they were assimilated before he blew up that fight, before he blew up Blair. 
And the only person that that could be would be Childs because McCready blows up Blair. The jacket. The jacket's a misdirect. Purposely it is a misdirect. But maybe planted by Blair. But maybe it's not. Planted by Blair. He's even like, if he's already assimilated and well, he's like, that doesn't make... he recorded it, like, I think it's I know where you're going to go, Jamie. That doesn't make any like... sense because that's before the, blood, the test. blood test. I know what yeah. you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it could have been somebody else's. Blood. No, yeah. that's just making stuff up that doesn't exist. The samples. Yeah, no, it's McCready's actually in sequels to the thing as well. Is he? Yeah. They in other media, they made a sequel video game that McCready's in. That's actually canon, according to John Carpenter. Why have we not um, known about this? Well, you did, but I didn't. I just knows too much about John Carpenter, I think. And uh, there's also sequel comic books that aren't necessarily canon, but there's multiple of them where McCready fights the thing like four different times. <laughs> Nobody believes him. And he's, he's just like, this is the thing, you guys. And they're like, nah, it's not. You don't know what you're talking about. He's like, no, I just blew up my fucking base and shit. And they're like, yeah, you're fine. And you then, know what I will say? It's the thing again. Jamie, what? the thing I admire most about you is your like knowledge of film it's always uh enlightening in these conversations to just peel back well, the onion and see how much you do know well you know well, i also me off well i also did a bunch of research before <laughs> this episode <laughs> i researched the episode that's what i do that's how i i mean i have to move wait, it wait. forward so i did, have to do that did you or <laughs> did you not know that that tidbit about uh, john carpenter saying that before this before this, I remember reading about an interview. I'll look it up and see what interview yeah. it is. Uh, well, no, but that's I, what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah. I knew you knew this before, like, uh, the day or we watched this episode. You know what I think? <clears throat> I think Jamie's the thing, and we need to do a blood test <laughs> right now. <laughs> you could. You could. <laughs> All right, Jamie, cut your thumb open really hard. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Okay, don't do that. I changed my mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never <laughs> mind. So, according to John Carpenter, uh, he says um, he never understood where the confusion came from. The last frame of the thing is Kurt Russell and Keith David staring at each other, harshly backlit. It's completely glaringly obvious that Kurt Russell is breathing and Keith David is not. So, maybe Keith David is the thing. We don't know. But McCready uh, is not that we know. I've heard that theory of him yeah. not breathing. Not breathing, yeah. <laughs> and because you can't see, because you can see Kurt Russell's breath like really intensely, and you can't really see. But that's also the lighting, and that's what it's makes the it lighting. hard. To, I think it it's makes it hard lighting. to tell. Yeah. Um, when I watched it in 4K last night, I could see his breath, but not yes. as clearly as I could. Yeah, um, and it's because we're standing. Yeah, it's because he's back to the wall yeah. and McCready's leaning in his, they're shooting him side so you can see Kurt's breath a lot better. Yeah. But, I mean, if that was intentional by John Carpenter, if that's what he said, then that's what he said. Who knows? But the, what's great about the thing is that ends on such an ambiguous note. Also, do they escape? Uh, you know, do they both just die there? You know, mm -hmm. do, does Kurt Russell, does, does McCready defeat the thing and then sacrifice his life to do so die you know 
so do they aside, are they saved and the crazy theories uh i would probably uh, go for the option where they both die because throughout the film they've literally destroyed every means that they have to get off the base so unless there was some sort of distress signal or something sent out that was sent that out first yeah, yeah they said they're not going to see anybody until spring that's the plan they, if i guess there would maybe be if they were um you know if they didn't have communication within x amount of time maybe they'd send somebody mm-hmm. but there is actually a new out that wasn't intended when the movie came out but you could easily put in now which i can't really spoil because lydia's not seen the new thing but there is a way derek if you think about the ending of the 2011 thing it's been a while since i've seen that one although i can't think of one yeah so it um, took an hour by chopper to get to the other base right mm-hmm. so that would be probably a couple of days walk yeah which is so too that many. probably would. Yeah, it's too, yeah. that's a lot. you could get back to the actual spaceship. That's true. If you could get back to the actual spaceship, and you'd have at well, least a place to stay. Here it is. Uh, I, I can't... I Lydia, cover your ears. Well, no, you'll have to hear the episode. So there's a way. <laughs> Trust me, viewers. There's a way that I'm thinking of uh, that we'll discuss after Lydia watches the new thing. So I don't right, spoil well, it. I don't, re- I don't so, remember. Now I want to know. <laughs> I'll talk to you old, off mic about it. What about the old thing? There's what an old, old one, right? Oh, yeah. You mean Howard Hawks's? Mm-hmm. The Howard Hawks produced the thing from another world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll watch it. We'll do a review Have of it. Have you guys seen it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have not. Yeah. Well, Derek is in black and white, so you might get confused. Son of a bitch. I'm going to give you a paper bag for uh, Christmas and just know what's inside. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the thing. Let's talk about it now that we, uh, you know, discussed the whole movie. Let's give our final thoughts on it. Uh, Lydia, what are your thoughts on the thing and what are your rate? What's your rating for this movie? Oh, you know, for some reason, I never think about what my rating is going to be before you <laughs> <ask me. laughs> I really need to start doing You're like, that. this was a good one. What's your rating? Fuck! <laughs> like you didn't study for the math exam. That's the day? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes. That's about how I feel. Um, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and give this movie a 10. 10 pumpkins. I think it's nearly perfect. I think the only thing that took me out of it was uh, the dummy that they put on on that uh, guy's head in the blood test scene. Yeah, that's great um, though. <laughs> it lo- it actually I never noticed it until this watch. Yeah, that it was clearly a small dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's like some you know illusion going on there yeah but then yeah this the movement this watch, makes it yeah it didn't work on this watch yeah. for me so but any other time i never noticed it but that's the only thing that i can really point out that wasn't perfect in this movie <laughs> so 10 pumpkins derek uh i give this movie a nine and it's a fantastic movie that stands up 
even today, um, I would love to see this thing in a, in a movie theater. I think it would do pretty well. Yeah, that would be great um, to see. We should, if there's a screening, we should go see it. Yeah. Good. So I, I love this movie. I think that uh, the special effects still look really good. Um, uh, it, it's not only a horror movie, but it's also kind of a murder mystery. It's very sci-fi. suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi. Like it checks so many of the boxes. It's such a well-rounded movie. Um, and I do love, even though we had a little bit of fun with the end of it, the, mm-hmm. the end is just, it, it's great because you, you, you draw your own conclusion and you have no idea actually like what, what happened or what, what direction it goes, unless you have read some of the comic books or the yeah. video game, which I didn't know existed. But, but <laughs> even without those, uh, the, the video games, 2002, and it's, uh, really cool. It's actually, uh, there's a system where you have like your team with you, you go to, you're checking that base and trying to find out what's going on. And there's a trust system between you and the NPCs. And some of them can be the thing. And they attack. Pretty cool. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool game. John Carpenter was very hands-on with developing it because he's a huge game head. So. Nice. Isn't that funny how John Carpenter loves video games so much? Um. So, I'm giving the thing a 10 out of 10. It's, uh, I've only given two movies 10 so far on this podcast, and they both happen to be John Carpenter movies, <laughs> but uh, John Carpenter's Halloween and John Carpenter's uh, The Thing are like this as far as horror movies are concerned. I think it's uh, John Carpenter's best looking movie. I love the way it's shot. The score's great. The acting's great. Uh, the characterizations are great. The tension just makes you want to, like, you want to cut it with a knife, you know. And after you, after it's over, it, it sticks with you. You're still in it. Um, and about the ending, what I think the most important part about the ending is, I mean, it's fun to discuss who is the thing, what is the thing. Uh, but the most important Why part of the, the ending, thing? yeah, how is the thing? Uh, but the most important part of the ending is the the reason I like the ending the way it is is because the ending is just the end of the story. That's where the story ends. Like we don't know, we don't need to know what happens next. They completed their mission. The story is done. The you know, this is the end of our little story, and it's such a the movie's so bleak and dark anyway. That having it end with, you know, Kurt Russell flying home and meeting up with his long lost girlfriend or something would just totally like destroy this movie, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's no other ending for this movie. It has to end with, I could argue it could have ended with just Kurt sitting by himself too, and it would have worked just as well. But having Childs and McCready sitting together to create one last little bit of paranoia is the perfect way to end this story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ten out of ten. I agree. So Derek, I thought you gave it a nine. Yeah, why did you give it a nine? <laughs> Not too late to change it, man. <laughs> he just can't. He just can't do it. He's never I'm given not, a movie a ten. I've the only never movie given he's gonna one. give it. The only movie he's gonna give a ten is like the goddamn Notebook or some bullshit. It's not a horror movie, but it would get a ten. <laughs> 
we'll get, get there about one a 10 day. out of 100 for me. Fuck that shit. I think Leprechaun's got a good good shot. I'll get the hell out of here with Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so shocked that you said that. Yeah. So, Derek, what's on the agenda next week? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, we wait, wait. Oh, this. you know what? We actually, I meant to mention this. We didn't aconize last week's movie. So we have to aconize it as well. And it's a hard one to aconize. But I think we can do it. All right. So real quick, let's do the last movie. Hatchet. Hatchet. Who would Tom Atkins play? I mean, it's so well cast, isn't it? Dude, I would, I would make him, uh, who was the guy who pissed in a jar and drank it? You make him Jack Cracker? <laughs> yeah, Jack Cracker. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to give, uh, that was so you don't want to you don't take away uh, John Carl Beekler's cameo. Oh. Richard Reel's so good, he can't be, no, be that perfect. character. <laughs> I would say, um, Ooh, God, this is the hardest one, right? Mm-hmm. Man. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I think he should be the main character. Oh, you think he should play Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Just why not, like, fucking 50- or what, 60-year-old Tom Atkins? Yeah. This this damn New Orleans Mardi Gras. <laughs> As he's swigging down a Miller. Yeah. He could play, uh, he could play Shapiro, I suppose. Oh, there you go. That would be, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, he could probably be Shapiro. I like that. I say that'd be the best because he can't play Reverend Zombie because Tony Todd has to be Reverend Zombie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He can't play Thomas Crowley because. Kane Hodder has to be Thomas Crowley. He can't play Victor Crowley, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say Hatchet's Aconization is, uh, for me, it is uh, Shapiro. <clears throat> Derek, you're yeah, agreeing? I like it. I nope, like Jack it. Cracker. Oh, you still think it's Jack Cracker? <laughs> okay, now, guys, we have to aconize this movie. I think I know who he, I mean, there's a couple characters you could play here. Especially since this is, remember, this is 1982, so we'll get 1982 Tom Atkins. This is the mm-hmm. Fog era Tom Atkins. So there's a couple characters you could play. I think I know who I would, I would pick. Who? Uh, I would probably make him the antagonist. Uh, opposite Kurt Russell, I would probably make him Childs. You'd make him Childs, mm-hmm. yeah. But then you'd lose I, Keith. I David. want. I know, but I, you can't do Kurt. Kurt's well, no. too good for the, no, he's, no, he's you can't. This role. Yeah, <clears throat> and I also feel like if you're going to do somebody um, in this era, it would have to be a, a really prominent character. Yeah, um, I guess you could. Although he's he's kind of young to play. The uh, like captain of the of the squad it depends on how he's written, I guess. I mean, he so could Gary. Yeah, yeah. I Some guess of the could... other characters are deadly. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want him to be Palmer and wearing like a fucking uh, biker no. vest. <laughs> no. I think I would cast him as uh, he'd be Gary in my version of the thing. What do you think, Lydia? I'm trying to just imagine all the possibilities because there are so many characters. If Kurt Russell wasn't so great in this movie, Tom Atkins would be I a know. great McCready. I think so. But too. Kurt Russell is so great that you can't replace him. Yeah. Hmm. In another universe, I think Tom Atkins would have been a pretty great McCready too. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I agree with that. But for me, it's going to be Gary. Think, what do you think, Lydia? I think that's a good choice. I'm trying to picture the uh, the guy that goes crazy and gets... Oh, Blair? Yeah, I'm Blair? kind of trying to picture that. Oh, man. He could be that, but then you'd have to, then you'd lose Wilford Brimley and we wouldn't get our diabetes yeah. jokes in. Diabetes, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was him already. <laughs> and then you remember, you're like, oh, I used to see him while my grandma was watching Matlock. <laughs> No, I never watched that. I don't think. Oh, I used to watch. I watched the fuck out of some Matlock. You ever watch Matlock, Derek? Yep. Oh yeah. I think my aunt watched it. I wasn't into it. (laughs) I was all about it. I was a big fan of Matlock. All right, Derek. What is on the agenda for next week? Oh, our favorite uh, scary critters, gremlins. Gremlins. Lydia and I at the same time. (laughs) Golf clap. Is that a Christmas episode or? It is. Well, yeah, because right after that, well, the next episode would air after Christmas, Christmas, and that's Black Christmas. So this would be our our Christmas episode, unless we release Black Christmas on Christmas. We could do. We're already. I think that was our plan. What what day was that? I don't even know what. It would uh, project out to be the twenty sixth. Oh, so uh, so we could release it on that Sunday instead of that. Su- I could probably do that. I, we could turn that around. Yeah, don't hold me to that, folks. But we'll see. <laughs> but right. next week, Gremlins. Uh, I don't know where it's streaming because I own it. If you don't own it, go buy it. It's yeah, like, yeah. Every Christmas. Guys, I'm going to give you another spoiler uh, right now. Um, Gremlins is going to get another high rating. (laughs) Right. It is on HBO Max, by the way. It's on HBO Max. Both it and its sequel, which is also underrated and hilarious. So good. We'll get to that, too. Um, So, guys, any final thoughts on John Carpenter's masterpiece, The Thing? Or any other comments you want to make before we sign off um i just want to say follow us on social media and take care of yourself this holiday season i know it can be stressful but in a few weeks it'll be over and life will go on it'll be just fine i'm taking that advice because in two days from the time i'm recording this i'm going to be in the dominican republic and uh we'll be back next week in time to film next week's episode, but I'm going to take a little leisure time. Uh, the wife and I are going to a wedding, so that should be fun. Also, uh, follow us on all social media, like Lydia mentioned. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Racket. 
Uh, we're on Facebook at Hyla Productions. We are on Instagram at Scream Bloody Movies. Um, anything else we want to plug? Uh, we're editing the new movie. It will have a new announcement for that very, very soon. It's getting further along. Uh, Derek, am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. Okay. Um, like Lydia said, take care of yourselves. Uh, we'll see you before Christmas, so we won't wish you that yet. Uh, I thought you were going to turn into Jerry Springer for a minute at first. Take care of yourselves and, and each other. other. <laughs> With that, remember, for Lydia Judy and Derek Lemaster, I am Jamie Hiles. And if you are going to scream, guys, scream, scream bloody, bloody movies. movies. That was all over the map. That was like not even in the same zip code. <laughs> it was pretty close. I'm, I'm happy about that. Screen bloody movies. Bye, folks. <laughs>